Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist Podcast, spiritual healing from trauma and abuse for empaths, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, spiritual mentor and author, and I'm empowering empaths in recovery and healing from narcissistic abuse and childhood trauma through human design, self-care, mindfulness advice, and expert interviews. Subscribe now. Hello, Carmen. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. I am really excited anticipating this and I keep going, okay, we're going to have a guest and she's going to answer that question for you, like in different (laughs) readings and and interviews. So in the podcast, I keep referring to you. So this is a much anticipated, yes, uh, conversation. So before we get into the juicy bits, we're going to talk about eighth and 12th house for all of you who understand your basic signs. But first, we're going to start with asking Carmen, what can our sun sign tell us? The the kind of brief overview of how it can help us learn, heal, and even maybe grow in our relationships. Yes. So the knowing your sun sign is so important because that's your main personality. That's your main identity. And so that's kind of the face that we show the world is, is the sun and wherever the sun is, whatever sign it's in, you know, you're going to have the energies and, and personality traits of that sign. And so most people know, you know, what their sun sign is. It's, it's based on the month and date of your birth. And so, you know, we know that everyone born on August 5th is going to be a Leo. Okay. And, and so how we start the Zodiac is the Zodiac um, is tropical astrology. So it's based on the seasons of the year. And what we do is Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. So it starts when the spring season's going and things are blooming. And, and then we have Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra. Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. So there's 12 and they go in that order, one through 12. And that's also where we get the 12 houses because each sign, each star constellation rolls uh, an area of life, which we cut the sky into 12 sections like a pie. And when you're looking up at the earth, when you're born, the sun is in a certain star constellation, which is your sun sign. The moon is in a certain star constellation. All the planets are. And we take a picture of the sky and we put it on a piece of paper. And that's your birth chart. That's like the easiest way to explain it. <laughs> yeah, That's the map of your soul and your, your energy, your spirit came into the earth realm during when the sky was the way it was. And so that's why the birth chart never changes. So your sun sign's never going to change. You might be born on a cusp. So I get asked that a lot. And and what I find is that you'll have personality traits of both those signs. Mm. So if you're, you know, the sun is moving in, like if you're like, I know people born on like August 21st or something. So they, the sun is moving into Virgo, but they still have some Leo traits. So they may feel they're more Leo or they may feel like they're more Virgo, even though they're on the cusp. And, Mm. and, and so to really know where the sun really is, you have to have a full chart and know your time of birth, your place and all of that. But that that's easy to do online. You go to astro.com, 
and, and do a free birth wheel, you can visit my website, uh, karmaturnershot.com, and I'll send you a free birth wheel if you register for my new newsletter. So I can send it to you and I can let you know where the sun is and the basics if, you, if you're new to this. And if you're not new to it, I can also send you a wheel too. But the sun, the sun is your your main identity, your main character. It's where mm -hmm. you where you shine. But um, and we always want to know what sign it's in, what house it's in, because the houses will show how your personality is expressed into the world. Mm -hmm. And so the twelve houses they start with the first house, which is ruled by Aries, and it just really goes in order of the twelve signs how they are by month. And so the first house is your identity, your appearance, um, how you relate to stress. You know, that's also the rising sign is what we call it. That That's how people perceive you, your mask, you know, how you relate to the world. And then the second house is money, finance, self-worth, comfort, what you value, security. Um, it's the money house. The, and then the third house is communication, publishing, writing, teaching, short journeys, siblings, then the fourth house is uh, cancer energy. It's the mother, it's the home, it's the family, it's your childhood, it's your roots. It's like your your childhood home, your current home with your partner and family and your future home. Hmm. And and so it's, it's where you feel secure and comfortable. And it's where you need to have um, some stability, you know, because the home life is so important. And so if you have some planets there, like your son, that's where your main uh, identity is going to be. You're going to want to be a homebody and stay home a lot and, and have your alone time. So this is how it kind of manifests. And then the yeah. fifth house is, is self-expression. It's the Leo house. So it's all about creativity, gambling, love affairs, art, beauty, um, expressing your creative talents and children. You know, a lot of people that have plants there um, will love children in some way or work with children. And depending on what planets are there, there might be difficulty having your own children. You know, there's things we can see with that. Some people adopt, some people do, you know, in vitro and things to have children. And so we see that in the fifth house. And then the sixth house is your health. It's your diet. It's your routine. It's your structure. It's your coworkers. It also shows a little bit about your work ethic. And it's, it's really the health house, though. It's the Virgo house. And then the seventh house is, we call it the descendant, is your relationships. It's your marriage partner. What kind of people do you draw and attract in relationships is what sign is on that seventh house and what planets are in there. Uh, I can see what a good match would be for you compatibility wise, uh, who you may be drawn to physically, chemistry wise, but isn't the best match compatibility, right? With communication and loyalty and trust. And so we can really look at that, that house to give tips for people so on. Yeah. My, just like a, a super short example sure. my descendant is in pisces opposite ah, of my first yes. house virgo yes. and my ex was his sun sign was in pisces yes but he wasn't good for me it was very no. very bad but no. uh, it's interesting I, i'll have to look i'll have to look because i'm a virgo rising and i got pisces on my seventh house too mm -hmm. and i think with pisces sun signs i have to see his whole chart to really see in your chart right. but but it, Virgo and Pisces are polar opposites. What's your sun sign? Let's My sun, the sun sign? Yeah. Virgo. First so you house. are a sun sign Virgo yep. first house. Okay. Sun, rising sun, first house. See, sun, I'm Virgo, sun in the 12th. Virgo. That's so cool. Me too. <laughs> I'm Virgo, rising sun, Mercury, Venus. <laughs> but so yours in the 12th a... house. That's so, in... I know. Yes. It's so interesting. It's so cool. Mine's so, in the first. So Virgo 
that's part of the thing I think that first house sun makes you it gives you that Aries fire it, it you know the house the sun is in really um, adds to your personality and Pisces can be hard for Virgo because Virgos like structure and commitment and they like to be able to rely on someone and sometimes Pisces um, can be not that they deliberately do it but they can be unreliable at times they can be changeable you know they're the two fish and mm-hmm. one swims off and then they swim this way you know and this way and they can be really romantic and charming and and um and just really you know romance you and and write you poetry and they're all about love and and being connected and feeling love but they can also be restless and 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 be a tr- you know have a hard time committing you know to one person and so they're known sometimes to have other affairs other you know more than one relationship it's that that duality of the twin Mm. but um it's like a twin like gemini but it's the fishes Mm. and i find that pisces a lot of them can suffer from addiction and alcoholism and things like that and Mm -hmm. escapist behaviors Mm -hmm. you know and that is probably maybe was part of what happened in your relationship because it can be unhealthy and and it can be um especially for someone with it's a virgo virgos are the caretakers we like to help people. And so people that have problems are drawn to us and we want to take care of them and help them. And we have a hard time telling people no. So then we give, 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 and then we can feel, we can feel used, betrayed, depleted, and, and get in these situations with people that aren't the best match for us. You know what I mean? I I had that most of my life and, and I'm sure you did too. And then you learn from that as you get older and then you're able to say, okay, I know this isn't a good match for me. Uh, for friendship, it might be great, right? Having, and I'm that way. Uh, Aries are not good for me in romance. They always have hurt me. But at work as friends, and when there's no romantic thing, it, it's good. I'm very drawn. It's like a magnet, but not in, in a marriage or partnership. <laughs> and I had to learn that the hard way in my younger, younger years. And because it's, you know, as Virgos, we're Earth. Mm-hmm. So when we look at astrology with compatibility, you know, every sun sign has an element that rules it. Mm-hmm. So it's important to know your element because that is going to show just basic sun sign compatibility. It works. And there's so much more to it. I mean, it's a whole, we could spend a year talking about it, but, but if you look at your sun, you know, Virgos, um, the earth signs are Virgo, Capricorn, and Taurus. Mm-hmm. The, their polar opposite is what we call it always in the sky is um, going to be water signs. So mm-hmm. earth and water signs always oppose each other and fire and air signs always oppose each other in nature because think about it, fire, air helps fire grow. It, it It's a complement to it where water signs put fire out. You know, you, you yeah. can see this in relationships. And water earth, erodes earth. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, and water, you know, earth needs stability. Water signs are emotional. So they're, they're compatible with, with us, but we're very different. There is going to be differences. You know, earth signs are more practical, realistic, and, and worker, work, work focused, you know, getting things done efficient. And the water signs are the feelers. They're the, the emotional folks that are deep. And, and so there's a balance, but, and then the fire and air signs go together, fire and fire, earth and earth, you know, water and water, that's basic compatibility. But the problem is with compatibility, which I'm sure you know, is that we typically draw our opposite. We don't attract in our and really aren't interested in people that are exactly like us. We we have a tendency as human beings to want people that are a challenge. 
someone that's different than us because I think we think we can change them. Which is our descendant, right? So like the opposite yes. of us is the the opposite side yes. of our ascendant, right? Yes, yes. And I heard one time that if you want to also kind of like broaden your horizon of who you are, right? Grow yeah. in a, a bigger way is to start to also embrace these opposite qualities because they're in there yes. within you in your chart, but they're on the opposite yes. side of your, your ascendant. Yes. Yes. So, so it's kind of like a continuum, you know, every, every sign is going to have some traits of their polar opposite. They're Mm -hmm. either going to totally resist it, which isn't good, or they'll be in the middle and learn to balance, you know, like both Virgo, Virgos need to balance Pisces traits a little bit. We need to be a little bit more easygoing, you know, because Virgos were control freaks and perfectionists, you know, we want things uh, (laughs) efficient and, and organized. And so we have to learn to not be so crazy and OCD and uh, controlling and, and to just let it go. You know, Pisces are like, just have faith. Let's just, eat, you know, easy going. Let's, you know, and it drives us nuts, you know, Virgo's nuts. But if we can learn to be in the middle and, and adapt and take on some of those Pisces traits, then it will help us be uh, less stressed as a Virgo. And same with Aries and Libra, you know, Aries are all about their own their own will, they're the warrior, what do they want? It, you know, their keyword is I am. So it's all about what they, what their goals and, and they're known to be a little self-centered. What do they want? What do they need? What about me? And they're action people. They go on their impulse, their instinct, they act, and they don't always consider others. Where Libra, their opposite is all about the partnership. Other people compromise. They tend to always think of their partner first, opposite of Aries. So Aries are learning to be in the middle to, to balance their natures. So exactly. It's important to know your, your sun sign opposite, uh, which you can read about in my sun signs, uh, houses and healing book. I I talk about uh, the whole intro is about all of this, the signs, the elements, the houses, the compatibility. And then you look up each sun sign and you can read about yourself. You can read your opposite sign um, and, and learn because you're going to, you're going to resonate with that. And what's really cool about astrology that I love is that we always share traits, health vulnerabilities of our polar opposite sign. Mm -hmm. So we share similar body areas that are vulnerable. So Virgo rules the digestive system, the stomach, you know, we get an anxious stomach, we can get ulcers, you know, those kind of things, worry. And we, um, and so that's where it manifests for uh, us. And then Pisces rules the feet and the lymphatic system. So a lot of Virgos have feet issues because they have Pisces in them. I mean, you know, I just um, broke my foot like two years ago. I thought it was so crazy. <laughs> yeah. That, that I always, that, Virgos always have feet stuff. I do too. Like my feet get real sore. They hurt. I had a cyst on my foot and um, my feet are always kind of, Oh, I like to soak them in water. They, they just ache, you know? So I definitely mm. have the, the Pisces, <laughs> uh, my opposite sign health vulnerabilities too. But, uh, okay. It, it's really interesting to see it, you know, to see it play out. And, um, but it's important to, to just know your sun sign, because when you know your, your own personality, um, you can understand other people too. When you understand yourself, you can start looking at the other sun signs and realize, okay, they can't help it that they're doing this. This is, this is who they are. And it's not, don't take it personal. But, but, you know, it helps you understand how to work with people. That's how I became passionate about astrology was I always would attract certain people mm-hmm. in my younger days that were not healthy. And I never knew what it was until I started studying astrology when I was about 17, 16, 17. 
and really didn't know till after 19 when I really got into my chart and doing this for a living with people and doing their charts, I started seeing these patterns and especially people that have 12th house planets, uh, Pisces, a lot of Pisces, um, a lot of um, eighth house planets as well, that those people would draw people that had problems, that had pain. Hmm. And they would think, and what I realized is that they would feel this empathy for them because they lack boundaries. You know, certain signs have, have a real strong boundary, you know, that like a Scorpio, they're known to, to not trust anyone from the beginning. And it takes a long time to trust for them. So they're, they don't just trust you. It takes a long time to win it mm-hmm. and they can protect their energy, even though they're a water sign, they're the, and they have a sting that can attack you know, the scorpion, mm. whereas Pisces is these two fish flapping out in the water with no protection, water sign. And then you've got cancer. That's the crab. They can put the shell up to an extent, but they're a soft interior. Mm-hmm. So they're vulnerable. They're very, very sensitive to people's emotions and energies and thoughts. So it's mm. the same with the 12th house is ruled by Pisces. And so people with planets there, um, and it happened to me, I used to think there was a sign on my back that said, come to me for help. And I hear this from thousands of people now from all over the world. It's one of my patterns that I researched all these years about mm-hmm. the 12th house, this lack of boundaries mm-hmm. and this empathic ability, which is a spiritual gift to be empathic. But we have to learn to to ju- to listen to our gut instinct and to protect our own self. Because you, if you can't love yourself and take care of you, you can't help other people because you're only going to get depleted. Yeah. I love that. that. Yeah. We have to learn that. So was it, um, that every, the pattern that you found, did it matter what Zodiac was in the 12th house or it was just, if they had a planet, then that was it. It was the planet itself. Uh, It's the sun, the moon, Venus, um, Mm -hmm. especially the personal planets, you know, we call the personal planets for those, those closest to the, to the sun. Uh, those planets are so, um, powerful, and, and, and especially like Venus, let's talk like Venus in the 12th house, you know, mm-hmm. you and I both have that. Now that we talked, we realized, um, and I'll tell you, I was, when I look back at how I used to be, I am completely different now. I have some YouTube videos about Venus in the 12th house, love affairs and heartache, secret love and heartache. And, and I try to help people um, because I lived it. And I was very idealistic in love. This is a this is a twelfth house Pisces pattern. And what it is is Pisces and twelfth house people, they see everyone with rose colored glasses. They see people as they want them to be, not as they truly are. There's illusion and there's some fog around people's true natures. And so they trust. They're very trusty, easily trust, and they they trust people when maybe they they really shouldn't. And they make excuses for people's bad behavior because they think that they can fix these people because they're healers and they want to help them, but they may not even consciously know what they're doing. And so they attract these unhealthy partners. The partner might have addiction. They might be abusive. They might be unfaithful, not, you know, not loyal. They may take advantage of of the person's kindness and all these things. And so it's like learning through heartbreak was a bit is a big lesson of Venus in the 12th house by losing someone you love and having to end these relationships or being hurt. That's how you grow. And, and I used to think there was a soulmate. I used to believe this, that I have a twin flame. I have a soulmate and, and, and the universe had to teach me 
that's not the case. And now I don't believe in that. Hmm. I believe in karma that we have people we've had past lives with, that we have people we've loved, that we've had trouble with. There's so many soulmates. We have many, but I believe that we're our own soulmate. And, and we have to, if we don't love ourselves unconditionally, and, and we what it is, is we we have this expectation that human beings can love us exactly how we love. And that's why I say 12th house people are, I call them angels, fallen angels. And that's because they have, they're mystical. They believe in, in unconditional love and they think everyone's like them and they fall to earth. You know, they come into the earth and are born and they're like, I'm not from here. I'm alien. I don't belong here. And then they, they, they attract people. They think are like them, but what people hurt me, they're not like me. And so it's this whole thing of, of see, being more realistic and, and doing practical service, balancing spiritual service or practical and, and balancing um, learning, unfortunately, through through suffering and pain is 12th house is how we learn. And if you never lost love, if you've never been in love and lost it, I would say it's probably the most painful thing that's ever happened in my life mm-hmm. was having some unrequited love, someone not love you back like you love them. I hear this from so many people because love is such a powerful thing. You can't tell someone, oh, you just break up with them. They're horrible for you. They, you know, they're, they're not good for you. If you love someone, you can't just forget it. It, It's, it's a, it's your own experience. And so no, I I will find that no one could help me, but myself, I wouldn't listen to anyone's advice, my parents, my friends, my family. And I had some unhealthy uh, people I was involved with in my younger days. And, uh, and I wouldn't listen. And, and I had red flags all over the place. And I knew this. I was in psychology. I was a, I was a social work major. I still wasn't, I wasn't listening because the mind and the heart it can get you in trouble because you, you, you're like, but I love them, yeah, but I love fight them. each okay? other. Yeah. But is it healthy? It, you know, are they? And, and so I find that mm-hmm. I had to realize that no one is ever going to live up to the expectation in this high standard or how empaths love. Empaths love is not like most people love. Hmm. And what I realize is a lot of these impasse and people that have 12th house and eighth house planets, they come to me and, 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 and they tell me, Oh my gosh, my whole life, this is, you know, these are the patterns I'm drawing. And I'm like, what do you think it is? They're like, well, they need me. They, they, it's like, they want to feel needed. Yeah. And, and, and I realized my own pattern was I would think that it was love or this deep connection with someone. And it could be instantaneous. Like, and I knew, Oh, it's a past life. And you know, maybe they're my soulmate. Maybe it's a twin flame. Maybe, you know, it's his destiny and all this stuff. I was all this fantasy world with love because Venus, the planet of love is in the mystical 12th house, right? Yeah. Uh, of all this stuff. And I realized, no, I feel their pain. And I had a, a very intuitive friend of mine told me, Carmen, you know what, what you're doing? You're connecting to the past life memories and feelings that you've had with these people. And I started realizing this was my spiritual abilities. This was not that these people that I really love these people, like true love. What I realized what true love is, is who's there for you every day. Who is reliable? Who's, who's dependable? Who's your friend? Who's there for you? Those are the people that's true love, not Mm. this feeling or this emotion of passion that fades. And, And I had to learn that, that lesson. And it took me many years. And, and, and I, I'm, and I feel like now I can teach about it because I had to go through it and I learned it and, and, and you're tested in life, you know, and, and I've been married 24 years now and, and it's always been, it's always been growing in a test, you know, 
but thank gosh, I, I had a lot of the bad stuff happen before I got married. And, but um, it led me to marry who I did because I wanted someone opposite of all those people that I had been with because they were not good for me. Mm-hmm. And so I married someone that's a Virgo as well. We're born the same day. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And he's same a cancer person. moon. Yeah. And uh, oh, cancer moon. Mine's also yeah. cancer moon. Really? Oh, that yeah. is so cool. So yeah. we got a lot of common, uh, common, uh, mission chart here. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's also a, an earth sign, the Capricorn. Nice. So you've got the oh. nice, that dependable, oh, like match. daily, right? Yes. Capricorn is yeah. one of the best matches for Virgo. And it's, it's that earth and it's, uh, they're both work focused and reliable, committed, and, mm-hmm. and they can talk and laugh and, and they have a witty sense of humor, both of them kind of sarcastic, you know, and all of my, all my best friends have been Capricorns. One of my long-term friends I've had, uh, known her my a long, long time. She's a Capricorn. And then my dad, my brother, my grandfather, all Capricorns. So, um, Capricorns and Virgos click. That's a very good match at work with friendship, yeah. love. Yeah. That's a good match for you. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, it is really proven so much less it's drama free, right? The the relationship exactly. before was drama full, like you said, just yes. full of like lost and addiction and yes. restlessness was such a good word because that's what it was. It transpired yes. into abuse, but it did originate in root from that restlessness, which is yes, completely opposite of just the steadfast, yeah. you know, partnership that is yeah now today yeah fun witty reliable dependable it should be easy it should be like a nice just reliable car (laughs) it should it should and I I think I think with there's so much so many divorces and so much um problems with relationships I think what it is is sometimes uh people are looking to for that that feeling that that soulmate that 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 intense emotion but that does not always last and when and then if you have that with someone I find that sometimes it it's very tragic and it could lead to a lot of hurt because it, it's hard for you to balance your your normal life when you feel that intensely for someone yeah. and I see this you know I've had that like I know I can't date I can't date Aries I can't be with them because I have like this bond and this attraction but everything else is horrible you know I can't trust them because I have too much earth they're not, they're not committed. You know, there's always, there was always something um, that wasn't a good match, but I'm like, I never felt like that with anyone except that sign. You may have signs, people that are listening, like you may like, well, I only have been in love and feel that for Scorpios or, or this sign. But then when you look at your chart and you look at your sun sign, it, your earth sign, or you'll know it's not the best for you to be with, you know, an air or fire sign, you know, and we need to look at where's your moon as well. Cause that plays in. Um, and look at all the compatibility, but most people kind of know, um, they like a challenge. A lot of people, you know, they, they don't want it. They think that's what love is, is that it's this high, this emotional, uh, like drug, you know, it's like, uh, and Harry Potter, uh, when, uh, Dumber said, Oh, to be young and feel love's keen sting. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Every time I watch that movie with my daughter, I laugh. I'm like, it's so true because you, you don't see clearly. You're, you're just in a fog in a, in a living in a dream world when you feel that intoxication of love, you know, it's like a drug really love, love addiction. I mean, that's what I was going to say. It is like a drug when it's such a high because the highs are high and the lows are low. And then you just desperate and you feel like literally a piece of your body is missing when they're not around with you or when you try and break contact. So you're like, 
in my head, I know this is not right, but I feel so like empty now that they're gone. And that is absolutely a definition of yeah, addiction. And it can be like, you know, uh, empaths attract narcissistic type people. And, and you can see this in your birth chart, you know, for those of you listening, if you want to do your birth chart, you can go to astro.com. Uh, you just need your, your month, date, year, time, place to birth. And you can look and see, uh, but there's certain signs, certain sun signs, certain placements in your chart, Venus in the 12th, for instance, in uh, 12th house, eighth house plants that we tend to attract people that, um, that can't, they're incapable of loving us the way we need. Mm-hmm. And we don't see it until we're in it and we want to believe it and, and but they're so good at charming you know uh nar- empaths are very trusting overly mm-hmm. trusting um and we want to believe the good in people and we try to give so many chances and that's how we get stuck in this in these unhealthy patterns because we 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 feel guilty we don't want to hurt anyone we don't want to you know quit feeling this way but i think some of it is that we're attracted to their pain, to their emptiness. Mm-hmm. And we and we want to fix them. We think we can fix the narcissist. And and what I realize is I know truly I dated some narcissists. And I know looking back, oh my gosh, they had all the all the signs, all of them. And and I and I ignored them. I mean, I knew, I knew that they, I knew, I knew and that they were all about themselves. And I mm-hmm. knew they were selfish. And and I remember I had a reading once um, when I was dating this one person and 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 they the reading said why is carmen why is the one of carmen so drawn to these selfish people and 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 what it is it's when you're unselfish when you're not selfish you're going to attract your opposite Hmm. you're going to attract that completely opposite energy and 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 so we got to be balanced I think that was my thing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't balanced and I wasn't balanced. So I attracted the complete opposite of me. And, and when you're young, you know, you don't know any different. Nobody taught, taught me this, you know, no one teaches us, you know, this stuff or what's healthy, what's not. I mean, I never, my parents got married right out of high school, had me when they were 19, 18, 19 years old. And yeah. And they're still married today. Um, but, you know, I never knew. I always thought, oh, everybody's parents are married and, and been together all these years, you know, but no, it's not how it is. So I started mm-hmm. learning, you know, as I did astrology and astrology really saved me and it it validated my life and my experiences. And it became my passion because it I believe astrology, knowing the basics, your sun sign, your moon sign, just the basic energy can help you heal. And I talk about it in my moon signs book, sun signs book about self-care healing how you can heal transform become more resilient by knowing your personality traits hmm. and and knowing others helps you accept them and know you know maybe who's a good match for you who's not a good match and i talk about that in the books a lot and you know the sun sign is just one part of you so you know we can talk a little about the moon sign um, yeah let's do a little bit of the moon sign and then i'd love to yeah. ask you about the eighth house oh yes so the the moon sign is your emotional nature it's your inner self so um, how we calculate the moon sign is the the moon moves through each of the 12 signs every two to three days so you know we know uh, today we're in a full moon gemini happy uh-huh. full moon <laughs> yes happy full moon everyone <laughs> and so you know the cycles of the moon especially the full moon affect the tides of the ocean 
So of mm -hmm. course they're going to affect our emotional nature. So people get more sensitive. They're more emotional, a little bit more restless, maybe can't sleep as well. And then depending on what sign the moon is in is it affects us every day. I watch it every day, what sign the moon is in. And I can feel that energy in my life. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm feeling bold and brave today. You know, the moon's in Aries or when the moon's in Sag, I'm like wanting to be on the go and be traveling out and driving. And then when it's in cancer, I want to stay home and I want to eat and do nothing but relax. Right. And so it affects you. And even if you believe in astrology or not, this is, these energies are real there. It's a science and it affects us. And so the moon sign is in my opinion, more important than the sun sign, because the moon sign is where you find emotional fulfillment, happiness, security, and comfort. It's where you shot, where you really find your, um, your, your vulnerable. It's where you feel vulnerable, but it's also where you can really heal and get real deep in your life. And so whatever sign it's in, that's how you're going to show love and how you're going to feel emotionally inside. And the sun is your outer. So a lot of people don't even know your moon sign because you have to trust them enough to show it and to be vulnerable and to, to, to let them see the caring emotional side of yourself. And then whatever house it's in, that's the area of life you're going to find your happiness and emotional fulfillment. And I just mm -hmm. talked to a lady yesterday, I did her chart and, and I, and she's just feeling lost, like, you know, not connected to what she's supposed to do in her life and all this. And I always want to look at the moon sign when I do a chart, because that's where your happiness comes. So I'm like, okay, what are you, what makes you happy? That's your moon sign. If your moon signs in Leo, you're going to want to be self, you're going to want to express yourself. You're going to want to be creative. You're going to want to do something imaginative, creative, something fun, something pleasurable, you're going to need that in your life to feel happiness. If your moon sign is Capricorn, you're going to want to be successful and work hard and have money and security and finances and family and and and, and be um, respected and admired and recognized for your work. So, you know, every moon sign is going to have their own thing that they need to feel complete. And so the moon is just that deeper raw part of you and it's and I love looking at the moon signs because I can see in people so if your sun sign is different than your moon sign you're gonna have these two different natures you're gonna be balancing mm -hmm. you know like yeah. I'm a I'm a Virgo sun but my moon is Aries mm -hmm. and I very different and and when you look at your life I look back and I used to do sports I was a basketball player, softball, and that is where my Aries manifested because in the real world, I was shy. I was very um, quiet. You know, I was, you know, I, I was wore my heart on my sleeve. I was emotional, sensitive, you know, with that 12th house sun and uh, that Aries in the eighth house, though, that's where that that rage and drive and passion and the warrior, warrior at energy, whatever, yeah. uh, came out through sports, through competition on the basketball court. But then when I got older and I stopped playing basketball and doing sports and then I had to work a job in the real world, I, you know, if I didn't exercise, I could feel that energy of Aries. It's quick. It's very quick to anger. It come right up. And I had to learn how to manage my emotions because I was very, what Aries think they say, when they feel it, they speak the truth. They're very straightforward people. And so I would hide this stuff and repress it because it's in my eighth house of hidden things, right? Repression. Ooh, yeah. And so I would never express my Aries. I, I never felt anger my whole life until I got older. I didn't know what anger was. I thought there's something wrong with me. I never had been angry. Really, you know, 
And, and now I'm like, I'm feeling my moon. Now I'm, I, I'm connected to the Aries energy and I try to use my moon energy for positive things to be resilient and motivate me. It really has helped me survive life um, because Aries are like, I'm not giving up. I'm going to get up again and keep going. That, that moon sign really has helped me. And if you know your moon sign, you can tap into your strengths to help you be resilient and, and you'll need, you'll know what your needs are, you know, the emotional needs, uh, you'll know what kind of love you need, what kind of partner as well, when you look at your moon sign. So I, I love, I love both the sun and moon, but the moon, um, is so important to know your moon sign. Yeah. Mine is Libra second oh, house. Nice. So it oh, sounds nice. like I, I gain fulfillment in making money if it's in the second house. <laughs> Having security, yeah, having having, security. having comfort and security, and feeling like you you don't have to worry about change and crisis. You know, a second house moon does not like change; they mm -hmm. like things stable and secure. And you like things that are beautiful, artistic, uh, art, music, Interior pretty design. things, yeah, yeah. Into, uh, <laughs> makeup. You know, pretty things, jewelry. That's mm -hmm. Libra, and then relationships. Like you, you, you're going to want to have your relationships be stable and secure as well with a Libra moon. My husband's a cancer moon in the second. So he, it's if if he feels that we, you know, are we have money in the bank, we have own own our home, you know, there's certain things then he feels secure. If he's worried financially, his emotions are all out of whack. So if you if you if you have to have that stability in, in your life, it's like uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The moon is associated with that, your moon sign. Mm -hmm. So some moon sign, like you would be the security safety needs moon sign. Mm -hmm. being in the second yeah um and in partnership the relationship you'd be the social as well as as a libra moon because they need other people libras um are the only sign that's not ruled by a living thing it's metal scales mm -hmm. so all of the symbols of the zodiac have a symbol like the goat you know the twins the fishes but libra is the metal scales of balance and so that's why they rule the seventh house of partnership in marriage because a Libra in Libras find their identity through having partners, relationships, people. That's how they fulfill themselves. So it's important, I would say, for you to have a, a, a partner, a stable, secure partner. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to want to be alone type of person mm -hmm. with the moon and Libra. You're going to want to have relationships and commitment. That's, that's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Ever since I was 18, I've never really been alone, even though mentally I was like, yeah. I'm going to go it alone and I'm just going to do my thing. And I'm going to be a single woman after my <laughs> yeah. narcissist. And then two know, weeks right? later, boom, I was I like, know. my, my moon was like, no, yes. you're going to that guy. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Why exactly. do this thing alone? And my roommate, I, I don't know what her chart was, but she was so mad at me. She's like, oh, you're leaving me already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Libra, Libra moons are not meant to be by themselves. Libra, Libra needs a partner to, to, to balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all about the balance. The balance. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So then tell us more about the eighth house. That's the house, sure. a house of repression. Yes. So the, people have planets in that. What is that? How does yes. that affect their relationship? Oh, wow. So, so the eighth house is the house of death, rebirth, transformation, regeneration, healing, powerful change, it's, it's sexuality, hidden things, taboo things, secrets. It's this very deep, dark area of life. You know, we always say it's ruled by Scorpio and Pluto. 
And so when you have planets in the eighth, it's going to make you a very deep and psychological person. So typically, you know, you're going to be drawn to astrology and psychology and solving mysteries and crimes and research. And it's the house, um, when you have planets there, you tend to repress things and hide things because it's such a deep house and it can feel so intense that people don't even know how to express their identity when it's there or the, or their emotions when the moon is there or their thoughts when Mercury's there. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so there's a lot of behind the scenes kind of energy. It's similar to the 12th house. They have a lot in common. Um, but that eighth house is usually there's a connection with death and loss and some type of trauma. This is through my research, the eighth, almost everyone that has eighth house planets through my research has shared with me that they have had some type of loss of a loved one or some type of trauma in their life. Mm -hmm. And typically it's when you're in our younger days, they could also be, you know, teen twenties. Um, but something always happens to make us question the meaning of life. Like, why am I here? Mm -hmm. It happened. That's how I ended up getting into astrology was, um, I had my, my friend at age 16 in our town, she was accidentally shot and killed by, uh, these boys had a gun and they thought they took the bolts out and they, they were passing around town for a while. She was in the car in the passenger seat and didn't know that they didn't know the boys had this gun and it accidentally went off. And that was the first person I ever knew that died. And that is when I started studying astrology. I was 16 and I looked and I have the moon, Jupiter, Chiron all in my eighth house. Ooh. And that's when I read about how loss of a loved one, death, all the, and so it all made sense. Mm -hmm. It validated my life experience. And it, I became um, just researching the eighth house my whole life. And I can, I just did like a webinar on this. And I'd say, you know, out of a thousand people, if I look at a thousand charts to people that have the sun, moon, uh, especially sun and moon in the eighth, um, Uranus, Pluto, uh, those kind of planets in the eighth. Out of a hundred, a thousand charts, nine hundred ninety-eight will tell me that they lost a loved one at a young age, or that they had a trauma. Wow. There, there's just it, and and it's because it's the house of healing. So you have to become a healer, and heal other people that you, with their problems, because you have already been through it. So it's kind of the house of resilience. I call it. It's most the most resilient house in astrology, in my opinion. Um, as an, you know, I think that having planets there is a blessing. It's, it, they always say it's a blessing and a curse. The curse mm -hmm. is you have to have pain in order to grow because if it's an eighth house or I tell them if, if your life was easy, you and same with 12th house people, you would never question why you're here and finding a spiritual path. And that's their mission. And, mm -hmm. and they're born with these spiritual psychic abilities that they don't always understand. And, and, and I'm telling you're meant to use them to help other people. Mm -hmm. Like you're absolutely meant to be here, even though you don't feel like you're from here and you feel lonely and alien and all this and cut off. You're they're really have a oneness with everything and everyone. It's not really a separateness, but sometimes they feel they're separate. They're different. Mm -hmm. And they are until you get in my astrology Facebook groups, <laughs> my 12th and 8th house, and they all have the same experiences. They're like, oh my gosh, there's like thousands of people in here that are like me. Yes, yeah. it's not, it's your chart, it, it's astrology. And you're not alone. And I realized, oh, I'm not the only one that dreams things that happen. I used to always feel so alone. Now I'm like, oh, all 12th houses are dreamers. You know, they all oh, tell God. me they, that's a pattern. They dream I've about the, the worst dreams. Yes. I have the most vivid worst dreams. I have the oh, two yeah. house, the two planets and 12. Dreaming it, dreams and sleep and different levels of consciousness are 12th house areas. So 
number one pattern there is, is, is having a psychic dream at some time in your life. It could be dreaming of a loved one that passes away before they do. It, that's what happened to me. And it could be all kinds of, you know, something silly. Someone's wearing something at work and says the exact thing they said to you in the dream. It can be very traumatic about world change, like 9-11, the mm -hmm. tsunami in Japan. I dreamed about both of those before they happened. Wow. I didn't know. I just had my dream log, you know. And and so all these other 12th houses share with me the same experiences. Hmm. And then in 8th house people, um, 12th and 8th house people are similar. The difference is, is that 8th house people, uh, they repress more, where 12th house people they tend to get overwhelmed and lack boundaries. So 12th house people need boundaries. They need to protect themselves and they need alone time. They need solitude and time alone and peace and harmony to, to survive in the real world. They need to escape from the world at times and be alone, have their own space in their house. This is my little office, my space, you know, and uh, everywhere I've lived, I had my spiritual room. I, I had my room. I'm a 12th house son. You know, I go. And then eighth houses are more, um, they have more protection because it's that Scorpio energy. They're very perceptive and they can see through people to the truth. So they don't get fooled as easily as 12th house people can get blinded by love, blinded by people's behaviors uh, or what people say, but then their behaviors don't match, right? Because mm -hmm. there's that idealism with the, with the 12th. Eighth houses aren't idealistic. Eighth houses are more realists. They're more like, I don't trust you because I don't know you. You know, it's it's like a different <laughs> energy, but they're both very deep, very spiritual houses. Mm. They're the two most transforming houses. And when you have planets in the eighth or 12th or in Pisces and Scorpio, a lot of Pisces, Scorpio energy, uh, people have the similar experiences as well. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of Scorpios lose a loved one at a young age, the same kind of thing, uh, a fascination with, you know, uh, intimacy sexuality betrayal through intimacy all those kind of patterns are eighth house um feeling like your trust was broken by someone you know somebody you trusted hurt you and took advantage that's a feeling that eighth house people have mm -hmm. and it and, and and you can't take that from it you know it, it's what they feel and perceive and sometimes they feel things that are so deep but they don't have proof for it but they question these taboo subjects where most people don't want to talk about death or sex or abuse or trauma. Um, but most of them, if you start talking to them, they, they're into energy healing. They're therapists, they're counselors, they're, you know, Reiki masters, uh, they're psychologists, they're, you know, FBI agents, they're police officers, they're trauma crisis workers that, that go in when there's a crisis because they're good in a crisis. Eighth house people are, are good in a, um, in responding and, and quickly in a crisis. So that's their gift, really. And they're able and because and they've been through their own crises, you know, and they had to heal from that. And and a lot of them share with me, the, you know, that losing a loved one, that they're connected to the other side, like they'll wake up and see a spirit standing at the foot of their bed kind of experience. Yeah. Like where, mediums, huh? mm -hmm. Yeah. Mediumship is eighth house, mm -hmm. getting deep, channeling, hypnosis. And it's, and, and it's like that with the 12th house too. 12th house people will go, go in their imagination. They go to another level of consciousness very, they can zone out. You know, I was always very imaginative. I would like go somewhere and, and I wouldn't even, time would fly and I wouldn't even know where I was. You know, that's it. That's 12th house as well. Energy.
Oh, it's so like fun. you detach, you detach and escape into your, a different level of uh, consciousness. Yeah. 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 This is also helpful. Yeah. To survive yeah. and to, to protect. Yeah. And all yeah. of this is for us to learn and heal, to be healers and to fulfill yeah. our, our purpose, our mission, even if that's yes. just one intimate relationship yeah. within your, your life it doesn't have to be a big scale. Yes. Yes, your your birth your birth chart um does not change and it is the map of your soul so it'll show patterns and energy and and then of certain experiences you're meant to have in each area of life depending on you know what planets are in each house and then if there's not planets in a house that's not a bad thing we we look at what sign is on that house mm-hmm. and we can sh- see you know how the home and family what kind of home you want and need, you know, what signs there, the career cusp, but what signs on there. Mm-hmm. And so if there's planets in the houses, it just means you have learning and karma with that area of life. That's all a little bit more than others. And then we look at the transits, you know, a transit chart is what's going on in the sky right now. And we put that on top of your birth chart. And that shows me patterns. And uh, when things are triggered for people, you know, when I do a consultation, I'm like, okay, they're like, okay, this is when I started feeling bad. Okay, let's see what was going on. A lot of times it's transits. And I'm like, okay, this is going to pass. This is why you're feeling this way. Pluto's on your son. You know, uh, Pluto's in your fourth house of home and family or yeah. your career. That's why you lost your job. It's it complete death and resurrection of your work, right? So people can get validated through the chart, through the transits uh, of why their life and these events are happening. Some events people ask me, do you believe in destiny? Yes, I believe in destiny, but we have free will and choice. So Edgar Casey always said, um, astrology is fact, but there's no greater power over man than his own will. Mm-hmm. And it's that, that, that will, when you know your chart and you know your vulnerabilities, you know your strengths, your weaknesses of your sun sign, moon sign, your chart, then you have the free will to change it and to be aware of it so you can prevent some things. So some things can be prevented, but some things are meant to happen no matter what we do, because our soul chose to go through these, these learnings and these experiences. And and that can be seen in the chart. And it's like, I'll see it. I'm like, you were meant, you have relationship karma. This is your Mm -hmm. node, your North node, South node, your soul mission. You're meant to divorce. You're meant to go through these things and it's your chart and and it's okay. You, You chose this. And there's, and I never, and I've never seen a chart with those like Aries Libra nodes or first house, seventh house nodes that has not had more than one marriage mm-hmm. or did not marry at all because they couldn't find a part. It could be both. So I, I see it all the time and they're like, well, how did you know that I was divorced? I said, you have, it's your notes. So there's things you can see in a chart. And then, um, very rarely is it not the case. Um, it's, and even when, like, for instance, when the son is in the 12th house, a lot of people tell me they feel like they had an absent missing father figure. And I started researching that in graduate school. And I started seeing this pattern with all these, uh, social work students. I was doing their charts for fun, right. In St. Louis before I started my business. And, um, I'm like, wow, I'm like, this is crazy. And they're like, and they'll start to cry and they'll tell me, I'm like, how did you know? And I'm like, well, the son's in the 12th house. This is what I, what I'm noticing. And it was all research for the past 30 years I've been doing now. And I'll do a, I'll pull a hundred charts and ask them the pattern. Um, did you feel like you had an absent missing father figure? Um, 
or you know was there not a, a maybe they were in the home but there wasn't a connection or there was illusion also addiction of the father of the parent alcoholism some type of addiction or the or death at a young you know not having a father in the house and all, every single time they say yes except I had one girl once say well no my dad and I are close and I said well what about when you were younger oh no I never he was never around I you know so the pattern existed who was that it's there <laughs> and 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 I find that when 12th house son people get older that's their relationship with their father gets better when they're younger, they always felt like they were looking and seeking a father. Hmm. That's what gets a lot of them into unhealthy relationships with the opposite sex, because then they they're looking for that father figure, mm-hmm. someone to take care of them. And, and that pattern plays out by attracting unhealthy people. So that's part of that 12th house energy as well. Uh, the karma of seeking your true parent, hmm. which our true parent is not our parents. They're here just like us as souls trying to do their best. Yes. So when I learned that, when I realized my parents are not perfect mm-hmm. and they are just people too, which, you know, cause everyone idealizes they're my mom and dad, they should do this and that they should nurture me and, and father me. Yeah. They're people. The only person that we can get that unconditional love from is, is in here and with the mm-hmm. creator, whatever mm-hmm. that is for you. And, yeah. and when, when you learn that, then you can, you can heal some of these uh, negative relationship patterns that, that we tend to develop, um, you know, based on our childhood, you know, the chart is uh, to me is a hundred percent important, but also how we're raised, you know, how our families were, what our parents and mom, you know, it's, it's the, I'm a social worker. So I believe in systems. It's a systems theory, you know, our childhood, our income, our, our, our relatives, everything affects us, not just our mind. Um, so we're affected by the, the life experiences we've had. Exactly. You know, if you felt abandoned by a parent or felt abandoned as a child, you may seek out people that abandon you, you know, and I see that in, in, as a counselor. Um, it's like, you know, psychology 101 stuff, but and t- but no one can can help you break that pattern unless you see it yourself. You have to you have to learn through experience. That's it. It's a life school. We're learning through experience and so much of this. Now it's got my, my brain turning, like (laughs) how many can I pull like the correlating the charts of the 12th and eighth house or specifically the 12th house correlated to the human design line threes. Like do all the line threes have something in the 12th house or something that because the line three and sixes, it's similar to this where it's like, you have to just it's just set up for you to learn through experiences, I to trial that. and error, to go through difficult struggles, to then come out on the other side, to be a leader, yeah. to share with other people, you know, what yeah. you've learned and to help I others. And that's, that's this, that's what we're talking about. I love that. I love Beautiful. that. So thank you so, so, so much for all this information. I feel like we should do another one on the nodes because I wanted I to ask you to. more, but we are out of time. Yes, let's do okay, it. Okay, let's do the we nodes. Do that would be amazing because the nodes I know are really strong and powerful also for our yes. soul's purpose. So what to let go of. Yes, yeah. yes. And it, that if you mm-hmm. can if you can do a chart for even knowing your children's nodes, if you're a parent out there listening, if you know what your child's south node of the moon, north node is, and what they're here to learn and let go of and master, then you can encourage them at a young age. And oh my gosh, you will help them so much. 
prevent heartache and all kinds of things that they might have to go through because then you can give them that that education, that knowledge. Um, and it's just, it's priceless. I mean, I wish I would have had someone did my chart when I was a kid and I would have avoided a lot of heartache. A lot yes. of stuff. So I always yeah. tell parents, I do, you know, please, yes, let me look at your teen's chart. Let me, and I do that all the time and um, give them tips. Even though they're five, four, five, three years old right now, pe- parents have me look at the charts and I tell them some tips, things to do. Yeah. Um, that I can see in their, when they get older could be their karma, but they can help prevent and lessen some of the, the hard lessons by knowing. Help them through it. Yes. Yeah. Give yeah, them the give tools. Them yeah. Yeah. And I kind of be that. able to watch. Yeah. I would love uh, to come back. I appreciate okay. you having me on and yes, share it before we end share yeah. uh, with us. What are those Facebook groups that we can go find? Oh, yes. Yes. So you can, you can find me on uh, CarmenTurnerShot.com and it's mm-hmm. S-C-H-O-T-T. I have Facebook um, astrology groups. One is called um, Deep Soul Divers, Eighth House Astrology Group, and then the Twelfth House Astrology Group. And I have about 15,000 members in the Twelfth House Astrology Group. And if you look on Facebook, if you search groups, you can search uh, the 12th house and, and I'm the admin and the eighth house uh, and you can join, let, you know, let them, let, let me know when you do the questionnaire that you heard me on this show. Mm-hmm. And uh, cause I don't, I don't accept all uh, requests if they don't answer the questions and things like that. So yeah. or have a photo, you know, I, I, I'm yeah, very, you have to be careful. There's support groups. And so people share very deep things in there mm-hmm. and I have to, I make sure that everyone's supporting each other. I these are, I started the first two astrology groups on Facebook back when it was new. So mm. these two groups have been around a long time, and we have a lot of a lot of people that share very personal things. And so I have to make sure that um, that we're support. They're being That's supported. Good. So, That's but good. yeah, we're it's all really, safe in there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really it's deep. I mean, the things people <sighs> post sometimes. You know, I'm like, oh my goodness, and. I'll go ahead and accept the post. And then everyone's like, I'm here for you, you know, and, and it's just supportive because people are struggling and it's a private group. It's not public. So you have to be a member to see the post and we have that privacy and stuff. So love for you to join my groups. Love for you to follow me on Facebook. Uh, Karma Turner shot author, uh, deep soul divers. Astrology is my Facebook page and then Instagram Karma Turner shot author. And yeah. And I post lots of stuff about what's going on full moon and and Gemini tonight. So (laughs) set your intentions on the goals and things you want to manifest. And, and uh, it's a good time to do that tonight. So beautiful. Thank you so much, Carmen, for being here and look forward to having you back. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the end of this podcast episode and being an empath member here in the community. Don't forget to grab your free 10-day Overcome Pain from Narcissistic Abuse audio series. The link is in the show notes. Upon this, you will become a member of the Empath Newsletter community. Please share this episode with a friend. Follow my blog at ravenscott.show and leave a comment in a blog post. I love hearing from you. Be sure to listen to the Empath and Narcissist Audible book, or you can grab your paperback on Amazon. It is a profound exploration of my specific journey and healing, providing you with tools for healing as well. And you can buy my new book now, the follow-up Human Design Workbook, containing all the tools for healing and an in-depth understanding of human design, Empath's Guide to Rising Strong, in paperback on Amazon. 
and your review on the book at this time is imperative for its success. Please leave a review. If you are on the newsletter list, look out in your inbox for presents and surprises of my gratitude for your help. The link is in the show notes.